Have you subscribed to the OTB Football Podcast? What position are you playing, Sarah? I'm playing in Katie McCabe's position, so tell her to watch out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. Football on Off The Ball With Sky Watch Premier League, Women's Super League Scottish Premiership and much more Live on Sky Sports Welcome along to the football show here on Off The Ball Till I said Dan McDonnell is with me uh, We've got FA Cup and Premier League to keep an eye on Between now and 10 Jake Mulraney's going to be with us as well Dan A little bit later on after going to St Pat's After uh, I guess a, a career that has taken him Not just through England and Scotland But also in the MLS And we've been kind of working out some of the players He would have played again, with and against With Atlanta and Orlando the last year Yeah I'll try and ask him Because um, I think the ones he played against I, I'd imagine is quite a diverse list of characters And even um, I think he played with Pato there um, in Orlando last season. Is that Pato? Is that pronoun- the right pronunciation? I think so, yeah. Pato, he's, yeah, yeah. He's the duck. Yeah, the duck, yeah. So, um, uh, amongst others, uh, Frank de Boer signed him. So, yeah, I think it's, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to hear from him. I mean, he's he's 26. He left Ireland at 14. Um, but the MLS thing is a, a route that... Okay, here today it looks like Connor or seen Connor Ronan is going um to Colorado Rapids Rapids uh Rabbits. That would have been an interesting totally different team, yeah. yeah the, the Rapids. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, the Rapids would be their uh, their Mighty Ducks uh, fierce rivals. But um where Porrick Smith is the general manager, an Irish uh, or I think he's had he's had various titles, but he's a sporting director, I think, uh, who who worked for the FAI in their I think you know in variety of like financial roles uh, around the time of the 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 sort of the 2010 2011 which in hindsight was a very interesting time for someone to be working there and he ended up going sort of at a completely different route in life you know in a very high powered role but Kevin Doyle was there um, and we've had a couple of you know Derek Williams is there at the moment we've had a couple of sort of Irish dalliances with the MLS but maybe not as many as you would think you know with just sort of the Irish connection with America um, and I think sometimes it can be quite complicated I know in recent years Georgie Kelly and Jack Byrne and there's been talk around various MLS clubs but the rules for getting in centrally controlled system it's not entirely straightforward even if you're a free agent there's a um, there can be fees involved but um, yeah Jake Mulraney who's on today like he he gave it a, a good go there like he had three seasons and, and was a properly involved in, in the MLS so uh, yeah well I look forward to hearing the stories about yeah. it Interesting time for Pats as well he's former Ireland under 21 international so you bring the players played at decent standard and I presume that's like a big boost for them ahead of the season too Yeah well I always think where like where I mean there's more stories there's so many stories going around at the moment and, and part of it is because of the Brexit thing the Irish players go to England later so it's a transfer story when they go um, whereas previously they might have gone 15, 16 and it's not really that much of a thing um, but I always would think that of course players will chase the dream and still leave at that age but um, you know we all know sort of people in our lives who move away and and decided they want to settle in Ireland and, and family or whatever it is um, and the football world really shouldn't be any different if you can offer something half decent for them here and that sort of seems to be 
um, you know, his priority I think coming back was family wanting to, to live in Dublin and Pats have, have managed to convince him that you know that's an attractive place for him to go and play his football and he's he's still at a good age like he was playing last season it's not as if he's someone who's um, who's, who's who wouldn't be short of offers or interest from elsewhere so um, yeah, he's, a, he's a good good exciting player to bring into the league he's, um, he's, he's very very fast so um, I think he, he is an old school winger that'll get people off their feet Hopefully, yeah. Well, to be on their feet in the comic as it is, anyway. But uh, still, you know what I mean. Yeah, Marcus Rashford getting the fans uh, off their feet at Salhurst Park from the away end. Uh, he's gone another run down the wing. He looks like a man who's transformed at the moment. Danny set up the goal for Bruno Fernandez a little bit earlier on. It's amazing what a good run of form and a bit of confidence can have for a player in the case of Rashford this year as well. Yeah, I think like talking about Rashford a bit at the weekend and. It's sort of amazing, like how, when you think about how much he's fitted into his football life. Like, how old is Marcus Rashford now? I don't know. He's, he's is he twenty five yet? I don't think he is. Or he's in like he's in that in his early twenties. The yeah. bracket, and you know he's had the rise. He's had that inevitably after the rise. You have that period where you disappoint people, you know, because you you sort of you know you can't live up to your earlier standards. You throw in all his. Uh, yeah, you know the 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 storm in some ways created uh, for a section of English society by his work off the pitch. Uh, you throw in the fact that he's he's missed a penalty in a in a major tournament final, which is a scarring impact on a lot of people, and um, question marks over whether he was even surplus to requirements at his club. And now. Um, it's it's like it's like none of the bad stuff happened, and he's sort of doing what you would expect, and. Um, Maybe just coming out of the Ronaldo shadow is, is suited him. Yeah, 25 years of age, Marcus Rashford, uh, recently turned 25. There you go, so yeah, yeah. He's moving into his mid-20s now. I, don't know, I think um, they obviously have to work out what they're going to do about a centralised striker. We've seen Veghorst start tonight. He's probably going to be an option against uh, some teams. We'll see if maybe Martial can find form. And Jadon Sancho coming back in as well. He's not part of the squad tonight, Dan, but he trained uh, with Manchester United, they mentioned yesterday. He had been in uh, the Netherlands doing a lot of individual work to try and get back to a position where he'd be able to come back into the squad. This is a player who they bought that was you know, had a fantastic run in Germany mm. with Borussia Dortmund, but has not reproduced that form. If they get back in for the rest of the season, United's attacking options start to look a little bit better than they did a few weeks ago. Yeah, and I think that one for Ten Hag is like it's like another managerial project, right? You know, he's 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 had a couple of um uh, I know he had the Ronaldo thing for so long. Um, in recent seasons at Manchester United, there seems to be like an issue with sort of players going there and struggling for various reasons at times, and their their form uh, going off a cliff. And I, I know we don't really know what's going on with with Sancho, but it, it seems like it's it's maybe complex, you know, complex enough in some ways, and and. Um, it's a man management challenge and a club challenge to sort of coax someone back because they've had a big investment in but also it's a bit like the Rashford thing I mean he's young like it's not you, you tear, the, the way that the nature of football people get written off very quickly after like a bad period but even there's been glimpses at times even though like you'd have to say overall like the, the, the move has not worked out at all there's been like individual games where he's he's looked good and he's had moments and you don't give up on, on something like that and maybe now that Ten Hag's a bit more empowered as well um, in terms of his general standing um, I, I don't know a manager under pressure under under fire would they be inclined to throw someone like that in after a difficult spell that they've had whereas now they can afford to sort of um, 
you know they, they can they can handle it in the right way potentially and, and bring him back so um, the indications yeah. are good though like we've already talked about how Rashford has transformed his form particularly after the World Cup and maybe the World Cup was helping getting that form back too but we were talking earlier about Arm Wambazaka who had a really good game at the weekend against City Luke Shaw's a good whether it's as the left centre back or whether it's night he's playing left back um, these are players that it seemed might have had a short future left at Old Trafford and yet Ten Hag has been able to get them back playing good football again yeah and I mean I suppose that's that that is meant to be the benefit of you know, hiring someone who's who's very much known as a coach, and obviously there's support staff around them. But you know, all all last year when they were in the in the process of hiring a manager, and there was talk of the type of profile of manager they wanted, and uh, you know, in theory, if you and I mean, I probably said it here at the time, and, and and other people would have argued maybe Conte would have been the way to go if they'd waited, uh, or sorry, if they'd moved quicker in that regard. Um, and yet you see, I mean, his style can be more combustible in terms of, uh, and 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 may not may not be as effective as you you might think. And um, in terms of building something, um, and Tanag now look. I mean, the thing is, you sort of tend to forget about Manchester United. Not that you forget it; you'd probably be reminded of it a lot. But with all the stuff about the ownership and their dissatisfaction and the need for investment, I still have spent a lot of money on a lot of these players. Mm. Obviously, not Rashford, but I mean, you know, in terms of like Sancho and you know, like a lot of the other, even one Basaka and people cheap, like yeah. that. You know, they've 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 had a considerable outlay on players um, over the sort of last half decade or so. And again, because the club ends up in a bit of a is in a bit of a malaise, like someone comes along there's an excitement they struggle then after six months they ended up just get lumped in the category with all the other ones um, whereas I suppose there is I mean to some degree like what made them stand out as Manchester United signings in the first place was that sort of potential the capabilities they have so like you generally you know you, you have to judge these managers by how they improve players sometimes there's certain managers that are great for taking you know a polished team of winners and just making them win you know and making them you know just just drawing that out of them but generally now you're looking for someone who can who can oversee someone's development from sort of stage four to stage five in terms of where they're at and you're going to lose one or two along the way but yeah you would say the signs are, are encouraging enough I think we've all been guilty of turning this title race into Arsenal have got a good position Man City are going to reel them in but now given Manchester United's form and they're probably going to finish the night in second place 1-0 up at the moment are Manchester United now right in this title race? Um well, I mean, you have to say that they are, but then there's a difference between saying that they are and then saying you believe that they that they can go all the way. I mean, it's it's possible. You still feel right, and maybe this is where the mistake everyone's making. I mean, Arsenal are now the favourites on the on the books, um, but you sort of assume that this Manchester City run is going to happen, and maybe it doesn't, and maybe it, the great mistake is that you assume you just just wait for this to happen, and you sort of tend to. Pr- position it as well you have this runaway leader ish and you just you just you know the 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 top team will reel them in um but it's a leap from that maybe to believe that Manchester United will be the one to reel Arsenal in by going on some kind of uh unstoppable run. Like even the like I suppose the Man United Man City game, you look at it and um I suppose it's what 65 70 minutes you were thinking well this is the this is the established champions team they've turned on a little bit after half time and they're going to see it out and Manchester United got this great response and they bounced back but again you would have to say that Arsenal at the moment look further along 
the line in terms of maybe how they're dealing with certain games but I suppose as this as this list of wins adds up even for Manchester United maybe you have to review that um, maybe it's just because you just, you just can't believe this would be the case mm. you know it seems like it's such a far-fetched storyline that they would um, but I mean at what point like I mean when someone's like f- four, five points six points within two games of turning it around I suppose you have to say it without if you're asking me honestly do I think they're going to win it I'd still say no I mean, I think it's. Have you shifted towards Arsenal now? Um, I haven't, but um, I'm still in the, the Manchester City camp. But I know that Gary Neville's even dismissiveness at Arsenal at the weekend sort of drew some uh, a bit of uh, raised eyebrows from people. I I felt with Arsenal that I have to say I thought this month is where you sort of envisage some difficulties for them. But the fact that they've sort of kicked off a difficult run by winning at Spurs, you're starting to think now, well. Um, if they can get through that because they have these, this this run of reasonably tricky fixtures but um, if they're still you know, if they have this cushion at the beginning of March mm. um, when the Champions League comes into the properly into the equation I kind of still wonder as much as everyone talks about the league being their bread and butter um, what's the trophy that, that Pep would want to win the most this season um, you never want to lose your crown but there'll always be another league for Man City yeah, there always will be. Um, I'm with you. I think part a huge part of signing Erling Haaland and trying to become maybe a little bit more difficult to play against in some of those big games was very much one eye on the Champions League. Yeah, yeah, I think that's where it's caught them out. I think whatever happens, like next, you know, July, August, Man City are still favourites to win the Premier League again. But it can happen. This is why, as much as it happens in in in, in a lot of leagues around Europe, it's why in 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 reasonably strong leagues, it's still hard to run up the seven, eight in a row type thing you'll have your slippages and City in their graft they've had a couple of those seasons in recent years and maybe this is this is one of those but um, that, that's the thing with Arsenal you feel like if they can get to that if they can maintain that cushion to the point of the season where the European stuff really takes off for City then then maybe mm. You've been writing about Ireland's chief scout and opposition analyst Stephen Rice and the potential that maybe he might be leaving the Republic of Ireland setup if he was to get the Swindon job. How seriously is he being considered for the Swindon position? Well, I mean, the fact is, I suppose Swindon requested permission from the FAI to speak to him. Um, and those talks of, you know, he's been in discussions with uh, Swindon. It was granted. Now, I know, like, this is procedural, but it doesn't always happen in football. It's generally, like, everyone realistically knows football knows that for any job there'll be uh, as much as you're meant to put in a, a formal request like there'll be loads of sending out and, mm. and all sorts going on for like multiple candidates who are in employment and, and whatever so like sometimes it's almost the the, the approach is sort of is, is a sort where you're bringing it to the next level you know in terms of saying okay so no I think he's, he's on the short list Um you know, Swindon seem to have there's a couple of other names knocking around I'm not sure if they're on the short list um, you know Kieran Dyer was one um, uh, there's an ex-Swindon player who has been interviewed Paul Caddis but Rice is very much in the frame yeah I, I they, they play on Saturday the initial chat maybe it started a week was they might want to have something in place by Saturday therefore it could happen quickly the, the messages are sort of a little bit conflicting since then about maybe whether that would actually be the case or, or not but yeah, he's 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 right in there. So it's a it's sort of a genuine sort of a prospect that it, it, it could happen. 
Um, I mean, I think this would be incredibly frustrating for Stephen Kenny if it happens. Uh, the timing comes just before the start of the European qualifiers. And also, and you'd be aware of this over the last while too, Stephen Kenny has been very keen to point out what a big role Rice has had. I mean, yeah. that his role has evolved a little bit because we've been asking Stephen Kenny about John Eustace. Is he going to be directly replaced? And even going back to Anthony Barry, and he's been quick to point out, you know, Stephen Rice is a really, really big part of my setup. Yeah. So yeah. you should lose him. Yeah, no, I, 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 I'm pretty confident that Eustace is going to be replaced before March. But still, no, you're right. Like that's definitely been the message. And um, you know, Rice. We've been watching Crystal Palace tonight. I mean, Rice was did have a full time job at Crystal Palace that he left um, to be the FAI. Um, chief scout slash opposition analyst but as you mentioned he's been doing more coaching and he's very well regarded as a coach like you speak to people um, you know I would have sort of written a couple of pieces about Nathan Collins' rise and um, they would speak about how big Stephen Rice was when he was younger amongst others um, and he was would have been involved with a sort of that, a really strong underage side um, that included Collins and um, Jason Knight amongst others Dawson DeVoy um, so uh, he's got a good reputation, but I suppose, I don't know, you can't speak for Kenny on it. I'm, I'm guessing like he's had this issue where if you pick good staff, then staff will have interest. But I'm guessing that the idea that Stephen Rice would be getting a job as a manager in English football probably would have been slightly unexpected I mean when there was chat about Stephen Bradley going to Lincoln he was certainly mentioned as a possible for Shamrock Rovers that didn't come to pass anyway so it sort of became very hypothetical it didn't matter um, and I think I think it's well known that Stephen Rice wants to manage at some stage but you would sort of have thought his prospect of being a flight risk in the short term wasn't wasn't especially large um, but if he gets this gig he'll obviously he'll obviously be off because um, I mean Swindon are challenging for promotion um, from League 2 and they played through international windows so like it's it's um, that that would be it and, and it would it would again like I mean there's no doubt that the stuff with Damien Duff and Alan Kelly leaving at the start I mean it's a big story you can't ignore it you can't avoid it it, you know, it becomes an issue what's happening there people ask that all the stuff subsequently is just um, hiring decent people to then get jobs Barry and Eustace literally you know, they were sought by Barry Eustace Rory Higgins was the predecessor of um, of Rice and again um, you know went for Derry City and you know it couldn't see as a chance he couldn't turn down to start off as a manager and what do you do like the alternative is to to you know fill your staff positions with people who'll never be wanted by anyone um, but then you're probably not dealing with um, the type of staff you might want so it's a little bit of a damned if you do damned if you don't territory Yeah, my United's lead against Crystal Palace by one goal to nil uh, just over half an hour left and that we'll keep an eye on the action at Selhurst Park uh, Football here in OTB is with thanks to Sky you can watch every live Premier League game this season across Sky Sports BT Sport and Premier Sports I'm going to talk, chat to uh, Jake Mulroney when we come back after this short break Welcome back to the football show. It's Will and Dan with you between now and 10. Well, St. Pat's announcing as they prepare their squad for the upcoming League of Ireland season that Jake Mulroney has signed with the squad. Subject to international clearance on a multi-year contract, the 26-year-old was most recently in the Major League Soccer with Orlando City. Uh, He's made 60 appearances across three years in MLS at Atlanta and at Orlando City. Delighted to say he joins us now. Jake, how are you getting on? How are you, lads? Welcome back to Irish football is how we probably start. The first question would be what attracted you to join St. Pat's? Um, to be honest, I um, I went to meet with Tim, John, 
Garrett, uh, the board. Um, I liked how they were how they were setting up for this season. I know that um, Garrett the owners giving it a real push. They want to push for Europe, and um, the way team told me how they set up and stuff like that just attracted me to it, you know. And it's only over the road, which, uh, which helps as well. Were you keen to come back home, or what was the reason you were looking to uh, leave America? Yeah, lad, if, if I'm honest, yeah, it was um, I had a tough time in Orlando, um, off the park, kind of uh, as a family, you know. Um, we were um and on about it for a few months, and for me, probably the breaking point was when the baby's crying, saying she wants to go to the nanny's cafe, and you. you you can't do anything about it because it's in Orlando. It's so hot, you know. So the two girls are just in the house constantly, and it was it was tough, you know. It was tough, and it affected me on the park. If I'm honest, the first time something like that's happened. So me and uh, me and my partner sat down. We were like, look, do do we want to go home? Like, do not do we know what we're kind of giving up here? And after a while, we both agreed that I think we'd be happiest at home. Yeah, and I guess you need that happiness to transfer to your football as well. Like if you're unhappy off the field and the family are longing for home, that is going to have a direct impact on your performance. Exactly, that's exactly like not. I was going into games in Orlando with this on my mind, you know. Not like not that I didn't care, but um, just the day after, you know, what what's going to happen with the family and. What we're gonna do, and you know, it, it does play in our mind. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, it does. That's very interesting because um, we were just having a look earlier. We're thinking you played alongside Pato during that time at Orlando. I think Nanny would have been around the club around about the time that you were there as well. So on the face of it, for many of us, we look at it and think. Orlando is probably a very glamorous location to be in. MLS is a good standard of football, and it seems you'd be enjoying playing alongside these guys. But off the field, you weren't happy. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, you go to the MLS and every team you play has a superstar, you know, like the facilities. Every, I always said that I think the MLS with certain tweaks here and there could be top 10 leagues in the world easily. Um, has everything to attract big players like Pato and, and Nani. And um, yeah, I don't know, but off the park, it's... Some people, I've talked to some people and they're like, what are you doing? Why, why are you doing this? Why are you coming home? You're only 26, this, this, but it's easier said than done, you know? I mean, you actually have to deal with yourself. Yeah, like Jake, I've spoken to a few people who've played in the MLS and I know it might have changed a little bit in recent years with COVID, but there was that thing about you have to do X amount of sort of scheduled flights per year and there's actually quite a lot of travel like within the league. It's sort of, and I'm guessing if you have a family as well, um, I don't know, it's, it's, you sort of forget that you could have these really long flights between games, almost like European trips here um, except they're for, for league matches so I assume there's a certain amount of life on the road as well which is I mean it sounds great when you're maybe younger but maybe when you've got family it's a slightly different different equation Exactly like I've, I've known a few lads that after a year just say look I can't do this and go home you know I was at Atlantic and uh, it happened probably two or three boys if I'm honest um, as soon as I got to Orlando two boys had the same situation two boys from Europe and um, it's it's hard it's hard because you you go away on you go train Friday Friday morning 
then you're flying Friday afternoon, you play, stay, and then you're not back till Sunday, you know? So, um, my partner couldn't drive for that, so the, the girls were just sat in the gaff the whole weekend doing nothing, you know? It was, uh, that bit, that bit was hard, but apart, like, I mean, don't get me wrong, I enjoyed it, I really enjoyed my time there, but, I think it was the right time to come home. Yeah, because I know you like your 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 time in Orlando actually was a shorter stay than your time in Atlanta. And again, I'm conscious there might have been a bit of a a COVID element, but like maybe people here mightn't be aware. Like Atlanta are incredibly well supported. Um, like their attendances would be huge. I'm just thinking, did you get a taste of that? Like, what sort of type of crowds would you have played in front of, um, in the MLS? Because Atlanta, I think, are a real success story in that regard. Yeah, I think Atlanta had probably the top ten attendance in in the world at one stage. Um, I remember my first my first game in in the bands. I think there was seventy five or seventy six thousand there, so it was, it was mental. Um, look, I'm not going to many stadiums in the MLS and not getting probably twenty thousand. Um, we went to Charlotte there, who were a new team, and I think they broke the record. For the first game, I think they had 76 or 77, something stupid like that. But um, it's mad, yeah. The, the attendance and the, the the football in the MLS in America has grown massively. Just thinking, like, um, again, I, I don't know, there's do, do, do so many sort of designated star players within the MLS as well. I mean, w- when people ask you about your time there, who was the best you played against or, in, or encountered, um, like, what are the names that will spring to mind? Um, you know what? <laughs> it's mad, right? In America, there's these like boys that come from these young lads that come from Brazil, Argentina, Uruguay, who no one really knows. And then after a year in the MLS, bang, everyone knows them. And you know what I mean? And the market value's gone through the roof, and you hear big clubs around Europe wanting them. But one that springs to mind right now was uh, a small lad who plays for DC. His name is. Uh, Acosta is his name. Like not many people know who he is, but like to watch him play, like it was just, he was just unbelievable. He was about five foot. He was tiny, and he would just dribble past everyone and just make things happen. It was, it was uh, enjoyable to watch. To be honest, when you were in Orlando, did you get a chance to play with um, Fasunda Torres, this guy who's been linked with Arsenal at the moment? Faku, yeah, played yeah. with Faku, yeah. Good lad, really good lad, really, really good player. I think he will definitely, we'll probably give it to the summer and he'll, he'll be gone, definitely. Yeah, I guess that shows maybe how the MLS is going to be sustainable as well. As you say, they're bringing these players in from South America, he's coming at a young age, they've developed him as a player, and then European teams get interested in seeing him in the MLS as a shop window, and potentially this is where it could be quite profitable for some of these clubs. Absolutely, yeah. Like It's, it's happening, it happens every year. Um, that cycle of bringing because South America as you know they produce unbelievable talent so um, every year there's someone coming up but like at, when I was at Atlanta I think they broke the record for transfers probably three transfer windows on the truck so they bring in a Brazilian boy then an Argentinian and they just the last one was a uh, young Thiago Almada I'm not sure if you know the name he just won the World Cup for um, for Argentina well, he's another one who'll they'll get millions from him, yeah. They'll get they'll get a lot of cash from him. 
And Jake, I was just I was just struck like um, just reading about your your sort of profile when the move was going through this week. You left home at fourteen, right? I, like that's what I think that was mentioned that you, when you went to Nottingham Forest, and I even think now like with Brexit, you see a lot more Irish kids stay until till eighteen. But I mean, leaving at fourteen is exceptionally young I, I don't know like how you reflect on that now given that you're now coming home but you've actually been away for almost half your life I guess if you think about it in, in those terms yeah I mean I was back and forward since I was what 12 so um, obviously as it, like as you know the grassroots back, back a few years ago I'm not sure if they, if they have so many now but there's a lot of scouts used to come to the game so um, you go on a trial and I was trolling at Forest since I was probably 12, 11, 12, yeah. So I was going back and forth, back and forth, and I was too young to sign, and then obviously eventually was able to sign then. But yeah, looking back now, it's it's crazy. Like if I, like I have a little girl now, and if she told me she wanted to leave at 14, I would say, no way. You know what I mean? But it's it's mad, yeah, to think back that, um, that young. But it's good now that the Brexit things come in kind of, and now, the oldest teams can build. Um, it'll definitely, I think, help Irish football in the next few years. Yeah, should help to keep uh, hold of some of the players a little bit longer. You had the spell in Scotland then. You already mentioned that one of the guys that you were meeting up with uh, to talk about Pats is the current assistant manager at Inchicora, who is uh, John Daly. You would have worked with John in Scotland as well, Jack. Yeah, John's a great man. Um, John helped me out a lot at me time of heart. Obviously about being dubs and... Um, I do a lot of extra work with John and my time of heart and he'd give me the heads up before starting or you know, John really helped me out my time of heart, yeah. So what do you know about the league, I guess? I mean what you're coming into now. I mean I'm guessing there's there's players you've played against or encountered at you know, underage level or you know, Irish underage or whatever it might be, but what's your sense? Like what knowledge do you have of the league again? Haven't been away for so long, I don't know how you keep in touch with it or where you keep it in touch with it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I watched a fair amount of the games, in fairness, because the time that it was on in uh, Orlando was perfect. So um, I have a good few friends in the in the league, so I watched a few, fair few games. I watched a few European games as well, of various teams in Europe. Um, I know that there's talent in the league. I know that the league is definitely on the up. Um, so, yeah, to be honest, like coming home, it was like I know that it's probably not the standard MLS, but I know that I was coming back to somewhere where it will be tough. Having watched some of the lads who've come back, particularly from the UK, to play in the League of Ireland, maybe slightly uh, later into their years in recent times, what are you hoping to achieve now at St. Pat's? To qualify for Europe, to um, close the gap on on Derry and Rovers, um, the way um, Garrett and Tim and John spoke to me in the meetings it was um, it was eye opening you know I know Pats are always in up and around it but I definitely think that we could hopefully please God give a good push this year At the good spell in Europe last summer is that kind of part of the attraction if you're keeping an eye on Pats last year good spell in European competition that's a big attraction here definitely I mean everyone wants to play European football um, that was definitely one of the reasons why I came because I know that Pats can achieve that so that was definitely a factor in me coming here as well, yeah. 
Well, Jake, we're going to wish you the best of luck. It's a multi-year contract. Um, obviously, you're very ambitious with your hopes for St. Pat's that you can give a good push towards the top two into the coming season. Uh, welcome back into the League of Ireland and thanks a million for sharing your story here and off the ball tonight. Thanks, lads. God bless. Thank you. There you go. Good to hear Dan, a player who's coming in with lofty ambitions. He says he met with the club and it's going to be a difficult thing for any of the chasing pack probably to push Rovers or Derry coming into the coming year given how strong they were last season but he's got ambitions of playing in Europe with Pats. Yeah, no, I, don't think, I think Pats could potentially give it a go this year if it clicks. I mean, um, they were pretty good in the second half of last season. Um, almost after Europe their form actually improved bizarrely when, when often there's a hangover um, Okay, one or two elements of that won't be at the club I mean Barry Cotter is, is off to Barnsley um, who, who came on loan and did quite well um, I mean they have they have I mean people talk about exceptional young Irish talented players going across the water or going wherever it might be I mean Sam Curtis at St. Patrick's Athletic is a, a defender but potentially, like you could potentially go pretty far in the game, and I think is a name we're going to be hearing a lot about. I think in the coming years and the coming year, I would say, depending on on, on where he decides to go. Um, but then they have Chris Forrester, they've got Owen Doyle still at the club. Um, so if it all clicks for them, um, they they could they could contend. But um, I I always think um, in terms of like football in this country it's you sort of forget particularly now it feels like maybe there was a period of time like 15 20 years ago maybe um where a lot of players in the league had similar stories you know a lot of them had come home from England at quite a young age um, or hadn't gone over at all and they, they would have had a sort of a, a certain you know a shared path in life and it's it's changing now like the football world is becoming smaller um, and there's a lot more movement and I always say there's like there's great there's people like within football in this country with incredible tales to tell about their football life i.e. someone like you know Jake there who's you know has experience within sort of last year to playing in front of 70,000 people in the MLS or, or playing against or with some like pretty pretty famous names and I mean, I mean some, some sort of unusual moves this winter it, it seems like every week there's an Estonian international coming to a club in the I league. was just thinking this year a day half of the Estonian professional league appears to be here to the city yeah there's the, I think there's um, there's an app that clubs are using that sort of influences uh, their recruitment and uh, I think that's uh, that's sort of how this happens like certain clubs are like signed up to a service which um, sounds more like a dating app really so are they seeing value and they're seeing what we can bring in Estonian players yeah I think so I think the feeling would be that um, you know there's parts of there's, there's parts of Europe where you know the wages would be similar or smaller to what's on offer here but it's more of a gateway league here in terms of its proximity to where a lot of people want to be let's be honest you know is the, is the English ladder um, and, and Ireland can sort of We've always talked about maybe can Ireland benefit from that. I mean, it doesn't necessarily always happen, but I think it's an it's an attraction for players potentially sure, to Mark give it a Poom's go. Young lad, and you're thinking I can put in good performance in Ireland, maybe I get a move. Yeah, around. that's it. And you're maybe less likely if you're at at Flora Talon than it is, um, you know, with, with an Irish club, particularly where you see now the volume of Irish players going to um, uh, going to sort of lower down the the UK ladder. So. Um, yeah, there's, there's, um, but I mean, again, like you know, there's, 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 there's. I see Clarence Sadorf's nephew has been on trial with uh, Cork City and scored for them last night. So, 
We're talking about this. I think it was was Dodge on Twitter who had this up recently where he's like, there are these various different stages of League of Ireland recruitment and one of them is you get excited about a guy who has played for one of the big European clubs, was at their academy and has maybe been off the boil for a little while. The son or grandson of somebody famous, they're the players we get excited. Yeah, an international of some description. Mm. Like you can describe them as, you know, the the country and, you know, Estonian international or whatever. But there is more of them now. Like there was, I mean, there's always been a sort of a, 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 a sort of a, and it's sort of an influx of some description but people look back in time to like there's obviously real success stories like a Babsy Livingston who like were here for a while or lads who play you know play for three games and were never seen again but now it's a little bit more sustained you know in terms of like the volume of players from different nationalities around the league um, we're a lot more interlinked with the UK system in terms of loans and 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 yeah exactly so um, I I don't know like it's it's obviously just just two sides to it I think there might be a feeling here that uh, we're in danger of having a drain of of Irish players say at around the 18, 19, 20 age group that what happens is at that stage at 18 and 19 all the guys who haven't had the chance to go to England then go and there's a massive drain of them and they're generally the outstanding players at that age then the next best players who maybe aren't quite ready to play first team here then end up being sort of overtaken by bizarrely enough would be English or Scottish 18, 19, 20 year olds coming on loan and clearly like people would say well that isn't ideal that people come through the National League underage to get to 19 and all of a sudden well then they just they meet to meet the end of the road, and that—that's part of the things we need to we need to figure out here. But um, anyway, it's a roundabout way of saying I think um, the idea would the idea I would always say is that you would like to think that Irish players they will chase the dream, of course. But you know, at a stage in their life, 27, 28, 29 if they're not playing for like. Premier League Championship you know they're not sort of at that really high end of the game where naturally they're earning like huge amounts of money and and of course you have to keep going with that that eventually they would sort of gravitate towards home and, and I think that can only be a good thing yeah, um, Celtic staying top of the SPL tonight. They've won 4-0 against St. Mirren. Furuhashi with two. Abada getting uh, one of the others and Turnbull scoring the fourth very late on. So uh, Celtic easing to victory at Parkhead in the SPL this evening. Rangers are being made to fight a little bit by Kilmarnock. They were leading by three goals to one, but Kilmarnock have just pulled back a goal there. There's about two minutes left and Rangers lead by three goals to two as they look to stay on Celtic's coattails at the top of the table. Manchester United continue to lead against Crystal Palace by one goal to nil. Uh, football here on OT is brought to you by Sky. Watch every live Premier League game this season on Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sport. We'll be back in a moment. Dan McDonald, talk about timing as we come off the ad break. We're watching to see what Crystal Palace were going to do with a late free kick. Bruno Fernandes had got booked, decided to take a foul about 25 yards out from goal and we've just seen a stunning free kick. We have, yeah. I mean, you see, you were just getting too excited about the Manchester United title race. Oh, I was going, there's going to be six I, points in it going my, into the my weekend. caution has, has, like, has aged very well. Mm. Um, Eric Ten Hag's are looking on perplexed as uh, Olise hits an incredible free kick. It's what, sort of 25 yards out, uh, left footer over a three-man wall in off the underside of the crossbar. That sweet underside of the crossbar and across the line connection. Didn't really celebrate. He barely celebrated. He like, walked you wouldn't back. know. We always yeah. worried there could be something going on. Yeah. Um, but um, it's not that he's uh, he's got some affection uh, for, for Manchester United or something that he or, or he's angry over something I don't know it's, it's an incredible hit I, I think when that free kick is given away you're thinking Zaha is probably going to cross this into the box Elise is hanging around around the edge Zaha just 
basically walks over the ball and Elise puts it right in the top corner off the underside of the bar. Remarkable free kick and we're two minutes into injury time. So uh, Manchester United and Crystal Palace both have a few minutes left here to get a winner but United would have been feeling that they were closing in on Arsenal and within six points. You were making the point during the break. We were just having a quick look at the table that the bottom of that Premier League table is absolutely stacked. Crystal Palace, who I think we would have considered had a pretty decent season, bit of a drop-off in form uh, post-World Cup and in recent weeks, but they are currently sitting now one point they'll be above where we were considering, but they're still only um, six points above some of the teams who are sitting just above the drop zone. There's a ten-point blanket across that bottom of the table. Yeah, the I think whatever happens, they're going to be in that as we watch Manchester United attack and push for a corner. But, yeah, I mean, is Patrick Vieira maybe the only manager in the bottom half of the table who hasn't either already been sacked or, in terms of at the start of the season, mm. sorry, or been, been high up the sack rate? So it feels like he hasn't really been in the same discussion where all of the other nine clubs there have either changed manager or are thinking about it um, but it has the potential to be uh, incredibly exciting as Manchester United very nearly score like as you mentioned like it's very hard to sort of call it like you see Wolves now um, what are like 16 to 17 points like you think about it, like Wolves have been a sort of crisis laden season and yet they're only what six points point a club like Crystal Palace you know like Nottingham Forest with a couple of wins have suddenly jumped up and they've got you know sort of six clubs seven clubs below them but it sort of feels like it can go anyway like often there's a team that you expect well they're gone um, and maybe you kind of wonder like Bournemouth were the favourites for a lot of people and you still wonder might they end up uh, I don't think they've been sort of spending you know the the, 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 the signs pre-season were maybe worrying for what would happen with them and, and Parker leaving so early sort of backed that up but really I mean it, it could go anyway um, and it has the potential to be sort of pretty thrilling but also it's be pretty punishing because when some of these teams clubs find, could change manager twice like very yeah. conceivably and when some of these teams find a little bit of form I remember when Leicester stabilised now they've lost four in a row in the league mm. Bournemouth similarly can't buy a win now this they've lost the last four matches and West Ham half and one in six um, these are teams who are just desperately out of form right now too. yeah and like Southampton Nathan Jones I mean definitely Southampton looked like a club that would change now I know the Man City game was the League Cup match but then they back it up the weekend and again they're, they're, they're sort of one win from being 14th um, in theory you know the way things are set up so there's obviously a lot of Irish lads caught up in it I mean for the careers of um, you know Nathan Collins and Gavin Bazunu, um you want them to be in the Premier League and, and maybe that might influence the way you might be rooting but um, I think whatever happens it's probably going to go all the way to the wire and it's not just the title race that will keep people enlivened yeah, Tesco in 5 3 it's something you kind of referenced a little bit earlier. Um, lads, what do you make of Clarence Sadorf's nephew, Quinton, who's currently on trial with Cork City, scored last night in pre season? Yeah, he's been playing in Poland for the last couple of years. I mean, the football world is just wonderful sometimes. You know, like, you, the, the, again, like these these stories, I, I, I mean, I don't know a huge amount about him. His record seemed to be okay um, in Poland, the club he played for, but um, you see all these trialists scoring goals. Like, you know. Trialists the, always send me down Wikipedia rabbit holes. Uh, a trialist. But like even in the Cork weren't going to name him, but but then clearly I love when it's trialist two, trialist yeah, trialist three. two, yeah. and then like they they did a Twitter update, you know, they think Cork last I did one, it's a goal, a trialist has scored, 
it's like um, every every winter. But um, yeah, I mean, as I said, yeah, there's, there's I think there's a there's going to be a lot more of that in the coming weeks because uh, I think all sorts of managers here would tell you the volume of agents and you know hangers on who are sending you clips, sending you players, you know, lads dropping in and out for sort of two three days. You know, you never hear the half of these stories really, but there's a there's a lot of that happening. Manchester United have drawn away to Crystal Palace goal apiece to Lise that wonderful free kick earning Palace a draw in the SPL it was a 4-0 win for Celtic against St Mirren and Rangers have held on to beat Kilmarnock on the road by 3 goals to 2 so Celtic stay on top don't forget OTBM will be live across off the ball social channels in the morning from half past 7 Nathan will be here in the hot seat from 7pm tomorrow stay tuned Tom Dunn is up next Get my ball and the out of grass Give you a move for the perfect pass. Give my ball and he out of space. He'll give you a move with godly grace. Rat tap 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 just look for at Newstalk FM for the latest updates. The Harvey Norman Big Sale ends soon with deals across our massive range of sofas, dining furniture and homewares. Shop our range of stylish and affordable sofas from just €549. Euro. Dine in style with dining tables from a low 259 Plus shop our range of mirrors from as little as €125. Euro. And at Harvey Norman, get our best prices guaranteed in-store and online. So why shop anywhere else? But hurry, the Harvey Norman big sale must end soon. Go! With CAO on your mind, your ambition seeks its own inspiration in ideas that start small but go on to change the world. UCD is Ireland's number one university for graduate employability, a catalyst and canvas for inquiring minds, shaping each and every one of us to rise to the future, to leave our mark on the world. Find your degree at ucd.ie forward slash CAO. UCD. Future focused. Need ink, toner or office supplies in a hurry? Shop local at 123inc.ie. Printers, paper, post-its, pens, batteries in a panic? Shop local at 123inc.ie. Dave and Sinead are booking a family summer holiday, but one overheated laptop, three fights and zero flights later, they've decided to stop looking and start booking at sunway.ie. Here they'll find their dream holiday destination with flights, hotels and transfers all in one place. All that's left to discuss is if Dave's allowed to pack his speedos. He says they don't take up much space. She says that's precisely the problem. Start booking your summer holiday at sunway.ie or contact your local travel agent, Sunway. For over 25 years, Timber Living has been building Ireland's premier residential log cabins. Stylish, cosy, low maintenance and built to last. Timber Living cabins feature double wall construction and high-grade windows and insulation. They're affordable too, with a cabin to suit every budget. Perfect for year-round living. Timber Living log cabins are also ideal as a garden office, granny flat or holiday home. Take a 3D walk through our cabin range at timberliving.ie or drop into our show cabins in Carlow, Cork and Roscommon. Timber Living, Ireland's favourite log cabins. Join VHI Healthcare today for just €61.99 per adult per month on our First Care 500 day-to-day plan and unlock a wide range of services. Search VHI First Care to join today. Terms and conditions apply. VHI Healthcare DAC trading as VHI Healthcare is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland.
The wind has always been a part of who we are. For generations, we've worked with it and against it. But this generation is different. We have the wind working for us. SSC Airtricity has been harnessing our greatest natural resource for the past 25 years and is Ireland's largest provider of 100% green energy to homes and businesses across the country. SSC Airtricity. This is Generation Green. Largest provider based on CRU energy data.